0: Welcome back to the Lantern Cycling Podcast with Benji and for the last Grand Tour stage of the year. I'm pretty buckled and tired, um, but I'm actually sad that the last Grand Tour is already finished and I'm already looking forward to the next year. We've still got lots of racing coming up. We've got the Benelux Tour and Serratisic La Vuelta Challenge full recap tomorrow as well as the Vuelta full recap on Tuesday. We'll record then. This is just a stage 21 of the Volta a España recap. We won't cut across the full race recap too much. A 34-kilometre time trial from Padrón to Santiago de Compostela. This where the famous Camino de, Compost- Camino de Santiago, Camino, the, the pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela uh, for Christian's finishes here and this is where the welter finishes outside the cathedral it's a very hilly course up and down pretty much the entire time with even a 2k 7.5 percent climb at, up to the first intermediate time check to the second intermediate time check at the end of a 1k 6 percent climb Roglic which was the heavy heavy favorite before we get actually oh, i forgot we don't have a breakaway before i read out the results <laughs> I want to mention our show partner, Local. They produce performance cycling apparel. If you haven't yet, there's the LR Vuelta 2 0, specifically for the Vuelta. LR Vuelta 2 0, all caps, discount code for 20% off all Local items during the Vuelta Espana. And you can pick yourself up either the summer gear for the end of summer or going into autumn and winter as well. There's a sale on at the moment, and the code applies in addition to those. Uh, into already discounted items but the results benji primos roglic finishing in first how surprised are you out of 10 zero <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah he was the he was the heavy favorite but the question was was he going to take a lot of risks or not and uh you expected him not to take all the risks in the world but he also would try for the stage and i think that's exactly what happened here because the gap to the second person on the stage magnus cord nilsson is 14 seconds but that's also because Magnus Court did a great time trial today.
0: Magnus Court was outstanding. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe it. He didn't have a follow car. It's EF TT riders, Benji, the disrespect. Didn't Bissiger did come second in a TT this year or win a TT and didn't have a follow car either? And now people know he's good. But yeah, people, there's an outstanding TT from him. But yeah, here's the full top 10 Roglic first, Court second, Aronsman on 52 seconds, Court was on 14 seconds, Choney. They're predictable guys. Churney on 116. Hager on 143. The next GC guy, Bernal, on 149 in sixth. Three seconds out of Gross, and like Mars on 204. Izaguirre on 206. De La Cruz on 2- 214. So Mars obviously set in second. That's fine. No disasters there. The big drama was Hague versus Adam Yates. Hague comes in at 252. Beats Adam Yates by about 20 seconds plus, maybe more, 20, 26 seconds. But that wasn't the story of this TT between Haig and Yates. Yates needed to gain a minute on him and GC to take the podium spot of third. He'd not, Benji and I were quite critical of him yesterday, which I stand behind how he rode the final stage. He was ninth at the first intermediate, 22 or maybe even 26 seconds ahead of Haig.
1: Yeah. On the that suited him,
0: 27 I, I was concerned, Benji, as a Haig fan. I was, I my my foot tick was. I was, I couldn't even watch. But you, I think, were like, oh, I think Yates is really risking it here and putting it all out on the line. And could
1: fade. I think we either had one of the two. We either had a positive split by Yates, where he tried very hard at the start to make Haig panic. Uh, so a positive split by Yates at the start, making it very hard for Haig mentally by having those gaps on. Haig at the initial part, so going a bit harder at the start, perhaps losing that energy for the latter part of the race, but with the potential ability of making Haig a bit more panicky. And that seems to be what he was trying, because I don't think Hague was doing the opposite. I don't think Hague was negative splitting, was trying slower at the start to make sure he got more energy for the latter part of the race. I think it's, uh, yeah, he's just trying a lot at the start of the stage and at the start of this prologue, perhaps a bit too much. Yeah,
0: I think so, and it seems he's almost done it on feel, and this is why we were critical yesterday because he then blew up completely. His splits were Adam Yates, he's ninth at the first intermediate, then 15th at the second intermediate. Haig now only 13 seconds, I think, behind him at the – let me do some quick maths. It's all so far apart because there's so many people. Yeah, about 15, 14 seconds behind him at the second intermediate, and then 29th he finishes – Adam Yates about oh, a few minutes, three minutes back, over three minutes back. Uh, so 9th, 15th, 29th fades a lot. And yesterday I thought, well, because the gap was so big at a minute, he had to go out. They probably calculate you need to hold the power that he was holding to the first intermediate for the entire time trial. And he tries to do that and couldn't. Whereas I thought, you know, we thought yesterday, Benji, if he takes 30 seconds on Haig, plus six, you know, 24 plus six bonus, then you don't have to be so aggressive and you can make it a lot closer. So I think he cost himself there. And even Haig in, the, in his interview afterwards said, I knew Yates would be up 20 on me plus on that first intermediate time check and then I needed to just do my power because a minute is such a big advantage. But uh, yeah, what, what do you think? You changed your opinion on Yates yesterday or stays the same?
1: I think it stays relatively the same. We've got the fact that yesterday he could have taken time if he kept on pacing. I'm relatively confident he could have taken at least like 10 seconds, 15 seconds more, which would indeed have made it a lot closer today. And that would not have caused him to have to go so fast at the start of the stage today. And yeah, I think that's a a huge effect on how he performed in the second and third part of this time trial. I do think towards the latter part of the time trial, like the last three-ish, four-ish kilometers, he knew it was gone, the podium, and he probably wasn't racing at 150% anymore to try and uh, take that podium because if you're like, I think he was like half a minute behind virtually on on Haig at that point in the time trial. So yeah, it certainly wasn't going his way and we knew it was going to uh, be Hague on the podium at that point and he didn't have Mater so close behind him in GC so he could do that in the final few kilometers. I'm pretty sure he did based on the time trial because bernal beat him by like a minute and a half right if you look at it
0: yeah i know like huge this is one of this is met bernal's one of his best ever time trials and incredible for him and he had nothing to gain because the gc gas was so big what's funny benji is you know if he was on the right side of that split yesterday if it was if it was him but not yates he comes third in this welter and it's just funny yeah. how that worked out that he was the guy he attacked. And then Yates Ye- went first. And I think Yates did do the, the most damage yesterday. Yeah. But then Bernal counted and then Yates counted off that. And then Bernal did the right teammate thing. And he he laid R- Lopez off the wheel. Um, so yeah, funny I think Bernal, Bernal would have gotten
1: dropped on a final climb yesterday if he was in the first group showing no. the form he had in the last week. Personally, that's my take at least. But hey, so- we never know. Other uh,
0: other performances. Coos Benji, GC Coos, TT
1: long is is long
0: form TT Coos. Was he trying today?
1: Certainly was trying. He had to try and keep his GC spot, like he has to, and uh, that didn't work. He lost five minutes on the winner today, which is very significant. This is a minute worse than Guillaume Martin. Guillaume Martin lost his eighth spot to Seb Gus. Who dropped from seventh because De La Cruz made a leap from nine to seventh in this final time trial? Something De La Cruz probably didn't even think about when he started off this time trial this morning. So uh yeah, what a what a bloody ride by De La Cruz. The only person to move up in the top ten. And uh doing so for two spots is uh well expected for one spot, but two spots is significant, and that's all thanks to uh Zepka's performance here. But in the end, what do you think about Sipka's overall? His grand tour because he was pretty consistent except for like the last two days
0: doesn't that mean he's not consistent <laughs> <laughs> i
1: tried okay that's
0: just it this we said it before the world this is how he rides and it's why he can't really be a leader that's not yep. a criticism he doesn't say i should be the leader make me the leader he said i i have with my role and his role is incredible high mountain rider and either as a domestique or going to stages and he was able to do that in the welter He helped Roglic in pivotal moments in the high mountains. Again, he was there. Medium mountains, just not good. Maybe they should set did he do Liège this year, Benji? I feel like it would be good for him to do an Ardennes season um, to help in those medium mountain stages personally.
1: I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure whether doing those races automatically makes you a, a good rider at them. In <laughs> true. <all
0: towards. laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't done a single one-day race this year. Uh, he's only done stage races last year the only one day race he did was world champs so in in 2 years he's done one one day race and that was for one was for america yambo visman do not send him to one day races maybe i don't know if that's the solution i'm not like a trainer or whatever but it's just as is interesting it's unusual yeah. to see that for a guy who climbs as well maybe they should be getting him to do lombardia emilia those sort of races would that help i'm not sure is tt though finishing five minutes behind, you know, with guys just, going, you know, going for the time cut is, it's unusual because his prologue was so good. And he, Benji in the high mountains, his power profile, he, he on the 50 minute climbs is where he's good. It's so weird. Like that. he seems to be good at these prologue. What is it? It must just be comfort in the position.
1: Comfort in the position. Or do you think that it's the mental factor of riding alone that has an influence here? I don't know how much influence that can have, but perhaps that is the case because, the situations that we see Kaz usually in, he's not usually riding alone. I think the last time I've seen him ride alone was, I don't know, the stage when he had in the Vuelta a few years ago and the Tour de France this year for that tiny bit after that climb.
0: Yeah, uh, my guess would be that it is just... Not being used to being able to put power out for fifty, forty-five minutes in the TT position, whether it's his hip or whatever, that'd be my yeah. guess. But anyway, because I don't know, maybe it's his position. Because on some of the other TTs, he's done his powers like not bad. And if you because he puts his power down on Strava, anyway. That's enough on Seb Koos. We should tell you the final top ten GC. Roglic wins the Vuelta four minutes and forty-two ahead of Enric Maas, seven forty ahead of Haig, who finishes. Uh, about two, no, a minute and a half ahead of Adam Yates. Gino Mater takes the white jersey on 11.33 in, in fifth. Bernal six on 13.27. De La Cruz seventh on 18.33. Leapfrogs Kuss in eighth on 18.55. Guillaume Martin drops down to ninth on 20.27. And Groschartner did a pretty good TT today but stays in tenth on 22.22. Um, do we both have Roberts for the Vuelta in the preview?
1: I think we did. Yeah, I think yeah. we did. Um, right. But uh, one final uh, note that we can't just skip over, the fact that we saw some uh, illegal racing in the in the race today. Kreiswake <laughs> was caught cheating with a dragonfly <laughs> on his shoulder, helping him with, clearly the wings of the dragonfly helped him with the watts, 50 watts per, per wing slap. I feel it.
0: Mate, first Jumbo Visma have and at 187 centimeters on their website, then curiously change it to 190 centimeters the next day. If you don't know the uh, TT Custom ex- the Extensions rule, you've got to be 190 centimeters. I'm sure he is 190 centimeters. Now there's dragonflies um, on riders, Araratus stuff. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, points jersey, Jakobsen finishes uh, and wins the points jersey. So they changed it this year. Which Benji and I weren't professional enough to know on the preview. I don't think for certain, and it was more geared. Well, nobody was. Oh, really? Oh, the rules. Yeah, it wasn't our fault.
1: Yeah, and the rules were uh, wrong on one page, and on the other page it was the other point system. So (laughs) eventually, I thought it was going to be the one that they eventually uh, went for. Ended up asking it, and it seems like that was the the case indeed. So uh, Jakobsen takes it with the other point system. Firoglic takes it. It's as simple as that, and I'm happy that this changes here. What do you think about it?
0: i I prefer it. I don't like the points jersey should be for a guy who's at least winning like contesting the bunch of sprints. Doesn't have to win yeah. them all. I'm just cont like contesting them. Kom goes to Michael Stora on 80 points ahead of Roman Barday. DSM one and two there. I'm pretty happy with that. The Stora and youth jersey, young rise jersey, sorry to Gino Mader. I Already mentioned that ahead of Bernal, which. We'll talk about MADE uh, in a sort of off-season podcast or on the re- yep. proper recap. Teams goes to Bahrain, I believe, Benji, as well. Yep. Arashiro on the podium, mate. The GOAT. That's the thing. Landa could have been on the podium here with the team. It's uh, just, just, just quickly touching it, Benji. The Lopez stuff coming out, it's, it's looking it, like everyone's pouring more oil on the fire. I've uh, got Nzue in the, in the Spanish public broadcast, who've got Lopez entourage putting stuff out. It seems no one's really happy with the statement that was actually put out by Movistar yesterday. Putting that to one side, like, yeah, I, I think we've said it before. Lander deserves almost more criticism than Lopez. Lopez cost himself, really. Like, apart from Rojas yeah, doing a pool he didn't need, exactly. To, but he, he cost himself. Lander. He could have been on the team's classification here.
1: Exactly. But when it comes to like the, the Lopez stuff, there's just so much chaos going on. I'm just glad that they found them because that was a, a worry we had yesterday. Uh, during the podcast, we didn't know whether they would find him again, but uh, they did find him. And yeah, we've got Indeed and Zoe talking, but also Lopez's family. And everybody pouring oil, like you said, every single time on each side is, is difficult for the Fewer of cycling the follower of cycling because they don't know what to believe, which story to believe. And that brings up narratives from left and right to uh, try and get their own story out. That's what happens when a team is extremely intransparent about what happens, or at least says something completely different than the rider. It's only going to get more chaotic and dramatic from that point onwards. But in the end, I have a, a pretty uh, honest take about this. I don't really care. like. I, I want to see him again next year. And whether he leaves the reins or not, it's not like it influences my life. So why would I care?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just I find it interesting when there's the different rumors and stuff. And I, now I really want to get to the bottom of what actually happened. Did they tell him to stop or not? So if there's more developments there, I'll probably release a video or some form of content after the Vuelta. In the next coming week, but I want to give a big shout out to I guess our rest day second rest day podcast guest Benji Jackag for getting on the podium. Um, you yeah, know, crashed in the Tour de France stage three. He was you know going to be Lucas Hamilton's domestique in the Giro d'Italia last year for Bike Exchange after Yates I think had COVID, and then they had to pull the team out. He's left Bike Exchange, and in his first year at Bahrain, third at the Vuelta a Espana. Um, Let's fucking go! Like it's it's only the start. I think he's. I think he can has a lot to improve on. That's the easiest stuff to fix because it's the TT, Benji. Like that has to really be a big focus in the off season.
1: I think so as well. Like his time trial today was decent, but it wasn't at a level where he can be certain of future podiums again. So if he can get that up a bit more, I think he didn't go to the wind tunnel or something this year. Uh, I at least read that somewhere very recently. Um, I don't know if that's completely the case, but I'd expect him to go back and get that position completely settled down, get himself completely settled down for time trials. And I think he can probably get a bit more out of that, and that will be useful because we know in the current day and age that time trials are very important for GC. I I looked at a podium, uh, the one Aru one, the GC Ru one, that was ahead of Rodriguez and Micah. Such a different style of podium. Those were three riders where their time trial on paper is not godlike at all. Rodriguez, infamous for having shit time trials. We've got Micah as well, not great at time trial, and are winning that. I don't remember whether that race had a time trial or not, but now every single one of the Grand Tours has a time trial, and it just proves that time trial is key to being uh, a winner of Grand Tours, and that is something he'll need to gain if he wants to win a Grand Tour at some point during his career. You think he can
0: win a grand tour? That's
1: it a depends. difficult one, huh? The problem
0: is the one that suits him the most is kind of the big one, the Tour de France, <laughs> because he's he's like the inverse of Wiggins in that he's like tall, he's powerful on the flat on the road bike. Uh, Are you saying of,
1: Wiggins is tiny? No,
0: <laughs> I'm saying Wiggins. <laughs> I'm saying Wiggins TT is pretty good. Uh, was okay. pretty. I mean, Wiggins <laughs> today probably tops ten. They get him off the GC and couch, even probably half pissed. Um, cigarette in mouth. I reckon he still comes top, maybe top five in this TT. Um, that's how good he was in the TT. So they got to get his custom extensions or whatever sort of Bahrain, get his TT sorted because the power, the, the thing you, the thing that's almost impossible to fix is when a guy's tall and on a 7% long climb can't do 6.1, 6.2 for 40. And it's like, well, he can do that. in And then you've got the draft. So and that's why Tour de France. You don't see you don't see in the Tour de France. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why that suits him a bit more. Problem is, there's two guys called Pagaccio and Roglic there as well as a whole host of other characters. So maybe a Giro Benji, but I think he's better in the heat. Um, what about one week races? All right, Paris Nice, if without the two Slovenians. Should suit him if he fixes the TT. Yeah,
1: but let's be real. If you podium a Grand Tour, who the fuck cares about the one-week races? I don't. know. <laughs> <laughs> Richie
0: Port crying at home. What do you mean? Richie Porte, podium, <laughs> Catalonia, all those races. You're so mean. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah. As, what do you expect? Do you think it's possible for him to...
1: So a uh, podium a Grand Tour again? Ah, uh, yeah. Podium a Grand Tour uh, again, yes. I think he's got a, almost a better chance than Landa, perhaps. Considering My, the current situation. Hundred percent then Landa. Well <laughs> I, I don't wanna like completely call it out because Landa at the start of the Giro was looking pretty uh fire for a podium at the Giro. So we kinda <laughs> li- just scrutinize him just before this Volga, even though uh I didn't appreciate the fact that he didn't work and just left. <laughs> but uh anyway, I feel like um in the end, it doesn't really matter. But we'll I see. do believe that Hey, can podium once again in the future winning will be uh, very difficult with the current situation with the uh, talents that are here and upcoming? Uh, we're talking about Pogacar, but what about the next Pogacars of this world? What about Carlos Rodriguez in the future? Uh, and Ayuso, that Norwegian guy, uh, Johansson. Johansson. Shit's going to be crazy, mate.
0: And Bernal. Bernal still looking... Like, Bernal, third week, I know he... Looked like he had was bad back Bernal, in the first couple of weeks, but yeah, he said third week was very very strong. Uh, what about last question, Benji? You Roglic, in my view, gifted Champersant the stage yesterday. You cannot change my mind otherwise. Everyone comment down below, change my mind, whatever. Well, he, gifted, he he did not chase Champersant when he could have. If he's if he had accelerated with 700 meters to go when Musk was pacing on the climb, he would have closed down Champersant. Also, we forgot to say, by the way, Robert recreated the meme of where the car takes off the motorway today. He nearly went the wrong turn. Um, but that was pretty, pretty
1: funny. But he yeah, gift- but it could have gone way worse, you know? I <laughs> no, could, could imagine if he had to brake a bit faster and, and it could have crashed him. Yeah, it could have been worse. But it did. So that's good. But yeah, continue.
0: <laughs> he gives to Shembassan the, the stage win in my mind. Today he goes full out and beat to be caught. In the stage, and yet when some people think he gifted caught the cuyera stage, why is TT gifting not a thing, but in stage gifting or not contesting rather is a thing?
1: I don't know. It's a good <laughs> question. I think yesterday I agree with him being able to have won the stage, but I'm not necessarily seeing it as gifting because it probably wasn't in his mind. Ah, uh, it's because front at the front that I'm not going to be chasing here. He probably was just like. I could use his energy tomorrow, probably. But was it worth it then? I don't know. It's a good question that you're asking. And uh, the answer is pretty simple. I I think he could have won yesterday and he wouldn't have had to do all that today. But then again, he would have loved to win this final time trial, I think, to finish it off in the red jersey.
0: I think so, yeah. It's just... It's interesting, those sort of things. It's like... Just these sort of inconsistencies. Anyway, we're going to wrap up and watch the podium presentation. We'll, be, we'll have the full recap, all the drama across the three weeks of the Vuelta on Tuesday. But we hope you enjoyed the recap of the final time trial. Actually, not too much drama. Everything went sort of as expected, uh, except for Rob was trying to take a bit of a detour. But if you like the Vuelta coverage from us during the last three weeks, make sure to give us a review or a rating on podcast players or subscribe to the YouTube channel and help us get to 20,000 subs. Uh, It's not not too late to get to that 20,000 goal. Until tomorrow, ciao.